0: All right, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm not sure what kind of answer I'm going to get, but I'm going to ask it anyways. How many gods are there? Anybody disagree? Lots more than one. Some of you are brave enough to say that there are more gods than one. I don't know if you knew that or not. In fact, the Bible talks about there being a lot of gods. The Bible even goes so far as to mention one of the Greek gods of mythology. His name was Zeus. In fact, in the New Testament, Paul, the apostle, even calls Satan himself the god of this world. Now, that word God means mighty one. But in Christianity, and at least for the last few hundred years, by and large, the human race has used the word God to refer to the one true God who created everything, who is the Father of all creation, who sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for the sins of the world. Now, there is only one true God. You need to understand that. But you also need to understand that there are a lot of cheap imitations that we call idols or false gods that are out there. Did you know that? In fact, there are so many gods out there that we can't really even put a number on them. The Hindu religion alone, that is really comprised of the majority of the population of India and kind of spread out from there, has over 220 million gods. Let me just stop and think about that for a minute. That's a lot of mighty ones that are out there. So when we as Christians make this audacious claim that though people may worship this God or that God, there is only one God. What we're meaning is there is only one true God. And you need to understand, I believe that with all my heart. That's what the Bible teaches from front cover to back cover, that there is only one true God. And so what I want to do tonight and the next couple weeks is talk to you about this one true God. And I'm going to share with you something else that uh, we as Christians believe the Bible teaches that sounds kind of weird. How many true gods are there? One. That's good. I'm not trying to trick you, by the way. I just wanted to know. There's only one true God. Yet the Bible teaches that this one true God is eternally existent in three persons. Let that one baffle your brain for a few minutes. There is one true God, yet He is eternally existent in three persons. Eternal means forever, right? So we think of eternal life as being, it never has an end. But in God's case, He doesn't just live forever into the future. He also existed forever in the past. He has no beginning and no end. Jesus Himself says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. So this is kind of strange, isn't it? There's only one true God and nobody created him. At least this one true God. Here's what you'll find about every other God in every other religious system or any idol that people hold near and dear to their hearts. All of those other gods are created beings or they're images that have been fabricated by human hands. But the one true God was not created. He is the creator. He's eternal. And he exists in three persons. Maybe you've heard these persons before. Just raise your hand. I'm going to say them. Raise your hand if you've heard them. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Anybody heard that before? All right, good. So, when we're talking about this one true God, we got to understand he's been there forever and he's going to be there forever. Nobody created him. In fact, he created everything else. And he exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's kind of a difficult concept, isn't it? In fact, we as Christians have come to call this concept the Trinity. Anybody ever heard that word before? And Trinity is just a nice, big, fancy word for three in one. It is three persons. One God, or one God in three persons. We don't believe in three gods, but we do believe in one God. But yet we believe that God is existent in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Always. The Father was there at creation in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And then verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1 goes on to say, "...and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters." But then we come to the New Testament, we see that Jesus was also there at creation... Through him, there was not anything that came to be apart from him. Over in Colossians 1, we see that he is the creator of all things, and in him all things consist or hold together. So God the Father's always been there. God the Son, also called Jesus Christ, has always been there. And the Holy Spirit has always been there. They are here right now, and they also will be forever. I know this is strange, but it's true. You don't have to understand something completely for it to be true, do you? I mean, how many people can actually explain why Alabama lost a football game? A few, namely Clemson fans, can do that, right? But there are still some people scratching their heads going, "How did this happen?" But it is nonetheless true. It's a fact, it's a reality. In the same way, God is God, the one true God, eternally existent in three persons, no matter what anybody else says, believes, or thinks. So if this is who God is, let's talk about him. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, what you find is Jesus preaching a sermon. And this is in the middle of his sermon, these few verses that I'm going to read to you. And in these verses, he talks about God the Father in heaven. And if Jesus, God the Son, is talking about God the Father in heaven, who would know the Father better than the Son, right? So here's what he says. First of all, he says, ask, and it will be given to you. And then he says, seek, and you will find. And then he says, knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man among man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone instead, throw him a rock? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? We find out some interesting things about the one true God, God the Father, in these verses. The first is this, that God is not an impersonal force. Rather, that He is a personal being. That you can know Him. And that He wants you to know Him. In fact, Jesus says, if you ask, if you seek, if you knock, you'll receive you will find, and it will be opened to you. Did you know God is not somewhere far off in the distant cosmos going, man, I made this world, but it's so messed up, I don't want anything to do with it. That's not God. There's some people that think of God that way, but that's not who he is. God is not this God that is so great and high and mighty that he says, "You know what? I've created all these people, but I'm just going to let them do whatever they want to, and I'm just kind of going to watch it all from my couch in heaven." That's not God. In fact, we know it's not God. Because he isn't just sitting in heaven waiting for us to ask and waiting for us to seek and waiting for us to knock. He is the one who first came to us. You remember who's talking about God the Father in this passage? What's his name? Jesus, God the Son, He left heaven's throne and He came to earth to reveal to human beings who His Father in heaven is. Now this is something remarkable. Virtually every other God, not everyone, but virtually every other one that's been conceived by the human mind is a God who is distant. A God who is not personally attached to human beings. But yet Jesus continually throughout his ministry referred to God in heaven as what? As who? His his father. Now think about this with me. A father helps bring a person into the world, right? I mean, I'm not going to get too complicated and too detailed in this explanation, but it takes a daddy and a mommy to have a baby, right? Everybody got that? Good. If you don't, go home and ask your parents about it later and then you can tell him the preacher told you told you to ask him all right so let's just, let's stop and think about this for a minute the father brings life brings a life into the world did you know that god brought you into the world It's true you are his child by nature of creation he is the creator you are his creature in fact The book of Genesis says that we were made in His image, male and female. He made us to look like Him and to reflect His glory. He brought us into existence. He's the creator of all things. He is Father. But that's not the only thing that Jesus means by Father. You see, because every single person, whenever they've been born, however they've been born, is the child of God in this sense, that they were created by Him. But there's also a special sense in which you can be a child of the Father in heaven. And it is not by physical birth, but by spiritual birth. Jesus came to show the world how the world could become sons and daughters of the Father in heaven. If they would believe that Jesus, the Christ, was the only begotten Son of God who died on the cross for their sins and rose again, then they could experience rebirth or spiritual regeneration. That is, they could be born again and be God's child in a special way, a special relationship. They would be adopted as his sons and daughters. They would be given the right to call upon God in heaven as their father who loves them and cares about them. And this is amazing to me. Jesus goes on to talk about how we as people often view our fathers. Because I think he doesn't want us to get this relationship twisted or confused with what we know of the person we call dad. Alright, I'm going to ask you another question, and I don't know what kind of response I'm going to get here. And uh, I'm, I'm willing to take it, alright? So, just raise your hand. How many of you have a father, have a dad? There's some of you that didn't raise your hands because you don't like your dad. I get that, right? That's that's cool. In fact, you don't want to call him your dad. You'll say that he is the person who brought you into the world. You might call him your father. God is not that kind of father. He's not that kind of dad. In fact, God loves you more than your earthly father ever possibly could. Let me just stop and think about this for a minute. The man who helped form you Whether he loves you or not, he could never love you as much as God in heaven would. Jesus does not want you to confuse this concept of God as your father with this person that you know on earth as your father. Because some of you really, honestly, may have dads that you don't even know. Some of you may have dads that you hate their guts. And some of you may have dads that, honestly, they don't like you. And that's sad. And listen to me. That's not your fault. And listen to me here. It's not God's fault either. It's the fault of your father, because he rejected his purpose in life. But you don't have to live that kind of life. You can live a life that goes beyond that type of relationship that you've experienced. You can know a love that you will never find and never know anywhere else except from God the Father in heaven. Because the truth is this. God made you, made you in his image. God knows you. He knows everything about you. I mean, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. And here's the really cool part. He loves you just the same. How do I know that? Because Jesus died for you. No matter what you do, nothing ever changes the fact that Jesus at one point gave his life for you on Calvary in history. Do you know that? Nothing ever changes that. Nothing you can do will change the fact that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. It's just true. He loves you that much. That's how good of a father he is, that he's willing to give up his only begotten son that he loves and that lived a perfect life to adopt you who was imperfect. And this is how much his son loves you. He was willing to give his own life. He wasn't sitting there protesting going, God, I know you're my father in heaven, but God, why do I have to die for these people? Sure, he didn't want to have to go to the cross and he won't have to suffer that way, but he was willing to give his life in obedience to the Father to save you and me. But here's something else we we find out. Dads aren't perfect, even the ones who are good dads, right? I mean, raise your hand here. Does anyone have a perfect earthly father? I would love to meet them if you do. I don't either. My dad loved me. I grew up in a home um, where I I had a dad who provided for me. He stayed around. He knew me. He helped raise me. But man, I can give you all kinds of examples of how my dad is an imperfect human being and not the greatest father in the world. I could. But Jesus says this. Your father in heaven is perfect. In fact, earlier in this sermon, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, he told all these people, be therefore perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. You mean God loves me? Like he's, he's better than an earthly dad ever could be. Yeah. And you mean that, that God is, is so perfect he never messes up in his relationship with me. Yeah. That's God, the one true God. He's Father. And here's the thing. Jesus didn't make up this title for him. In fact, God wants to be known as Father. Even before Jesus was born, in Isaiah chapter 9, there was a prophecy about Jesus... Jesus would come to be the light of the world who enlightens the soul of every single person once they believe in him. And Jesus would come to be called the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. God reveals himself, that is, he discloses himself. He wants us to understand him as Father. Not a father who's like your earthly dad, but a father who loves you perfectly, who created you, who knows you, and who loves you just the same. He's perfect in love. He's perfect in justice. And Jesus says we can know him. How? Because Jesus came to show us the Father. And all Jesus says you have to do is this. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. I can guarantee you there's some of you in this room right now going, Yeah, Jake, one true God. How do I know that? How do i know that there's one true god and how do i know that the god of the bible is that one true god how do i know it's it's not allah the god of the muslims how do i know it's some not some enlightened spiritual being that's not really a god but is a one who knows better than everybody else like buddha or like one of the eastern philosophers i'm going to tell you this ask ask and you'll receive the truth look i dare you to do this with your life god if you're real i want to know who you are god if 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 you're the true god the same god that jake is talking about i want to know i dare you to pray that and mean it see what happens or maybe you're here and you're going man jake look i got you god is real there's, there may even be one true God, and the God you're talking about might be Him. But, uh, but, Jake, I don't know if God's really all that you make Him out to be. I mean, after all, if God's a good God, how could He let this happen in my life? And how could He allow this to go on in this world that He's made? And how could these things be true if God is true, if God's a loving Father who made us and cares about us all? I'll give you another dare. The double dare. You ready? Seek him. I want you to go to the darkest place in your life. I want you to go to the place where you doubt the most. The one true God and his great and good and holy character. And I want you to tell him. Look, I want you to tell him. You don't have to have anybody else around. You don't have to come to me and talk about it if you don't want to. I want you to find time to go and talk to him and say, God, I know you're real, but God... I really question who you are. I really question if you are a loving father. God, if you are a loving father, how could you let this happen? Ask him. Maybe even have to ask him in anger, some of you, just to get it out there. He's big enough to handle it, by the way. I mean, he's big enough to handle people beating and crucifying his own son. He's big enough to handle your questions. Maybe some of you just need to ask him that. And here's what will happen. When you seek him, you will... Find him, because here's the truth: you're not going to know God is a loving Father if you keep trying to blame Him for every bad thing that happens to you. Because the reality is, He's not the one who's caused the problems. He's the one who's trying to save you, and redeem you, and make you whole and complete. He loves you, but that's not it. Jesus says, "Ask and you receive." He says, seek and you'll find, and then he says, knock and it will be opened to you. Whew. Here's the triple dare. I don't know if you guys are ready for this one. You ever watched the Olympics before and they've got those different platforms and diving boards they jump off of? This is like the high dive right here. The ultimate platform, the ultimate peak. I'm about to ask you to jump in. Maybe you know that there's a God. You believe there's one true God. You might even believe that God knows you. You might even believe that God loves you. But here's the deal. Here's the deal for you. You're probably a Christian, but there are some things in your life that you are holding on to and going, hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't know about this. God, I I know that you're real. God, I'm fine with spending eternity with you in heaven. God, I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, and I believe he rose again, but God, I don't want you to touch this part of my life. I'd like to keep this sin locked away in the closet. I'd like to keep my past buried in the basement. God, I'd like to hold on to these things that make me happy, that are totally displeasing to you. And so God, instead of knocking on your door and sitting down in fellowship with you and talking face-to-face and developing a personal relationship with you where I get to know you and you get to know me, God, I don't really want anything to do with you. In other words, God, I love you, and thanks for sending Jesus to save me from hell, but I'm really good if I don't have to see you or talk to you until I get to heaven. Listen to me, I know that sounds pretty bold and in your face, but some of you have that attitude in your heart. You do. And I'm going to ask you, whatever it is, to pull the sin out and confess it. Or to let go of all these things that are pleasing to you, but dishonorable in God's eyes, and just let them go. They say, God, it's not worth it. Because here's the truth, here's what you'll find. When you really come to know God, this one true God is your Father who loves you, who's perfect in His benevolence, and who's perfect in His justice, you will find a relationship that is beyond explanation and beyond compare with any other relationship you'll ever have with any person. Did you know that? Now think about this. I'm telling you that you can know the one that made you and not just the one that made you but the one that made everything. The one who has been there forever and will be there forever. This is who Jesus says God is and he says that you can know him because he wants to know you. So do you know God? Is God your Father? Have you acknowledged that the Father in Heaven loves you? And are you willing to step out there and ask and seek and knock? I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. I'm going to lead a word of prayer. And our (coughs) praise band is going to come and lead us in a song. Maybe you're here tonight and God's been speaking to your heart. Maybe you need to come to know God as a, as a loving Heavenly Father. You can do that here tonight. I'll be happy to talk with you if you feel like you need to talk with somebody. I, I know Coy, Vicki, all kinds of folks in this room would be happy to talk with you if you need to. But maybe you don't need to talk with another human being. Maybe you need to talk with your Father in Heaven, the one who created you. He loves you. I wish I could explain to you how much He loves you, because I think if you knew, your life would be completely different. Maybe you're here tonight and you know how much God loves you. And God's put somebody else on your heart that doesn't know God like you do. He doesn't know, she doesn't know God is a loving Heavenly Father. and Maybe you just need to pray for them that they'll enter into this relationship with the one true God. This altar's open if you need to come and kneel in prayer. I'll be down here in the front if you need to speak with me. And God is always there when you need to talk to him.